and welcome to the Presenter Mastery Podcast. I'm Lucas. And I'm David. And together, we're your weekly guides to unlocking the power of presentation skills. Whether you're in sales, leadership, coaching, training, or any other field, this podcast is your go-to resource for everything presentations related. And the goal of this podcast is to transform your ability to captivate and influence your audience and become a master presenter. And today, we are going to talk about mental states. Which mental state do you choose to be in before going into a keynote? Indeed. Oh, and oh, so important. Mm. It's uh, it's literally the thing that I realized last in my career. Like I've done this for what, 20, 25 years. Mm. I started off studying this and um, teaching people in structure, rhetorics, ethos, logos, and pathos. And then I started diving into more of my own studies. My talk, How to Avoid Death by PowerPoint, become, became very popular. Then I did the study of the 110 steps of 5,000 speakers, seven years, to find all the way that we use in body language and voice and language to communicate with others. And I did storytelling. I did all of that. And I traveled all over the place. And I, I coached people in these skills. Like I could lit- make literally anyone as a rock star when it comes to presentations. Give me some time and please practice and I can make you a rock star. I, it was possible. But there's one thing missing that the people I coached weren't consistently as good as I want them to, to be. And what was lacking was the internal communication, which I now call it. External communication is the rest of the stuff. Storytelling, PowerPoint, mm. body language, blah, blah, blah. Internal communication is what how you communicate with yourself and at the end of the day, that just turned out to be even more important because if your communication with yourself sucks prior to a presentation, it will massively impact your presentation and your body language, your movements and all of that. So at the end of the day, this I, if, if someone were to ask me which is the most important element of all presentations, I'd say internal communication. Hmm. Yeah, get that right and you brilliant outside but if you're also you know you learn all the 110 steps and storytelling and powerpoint and structure and rhetorics and you combine that with internal communication whoo you're unbeatable lucas unbeatable Mm. that's the combination that's how important it is Mm. And pauses. Pauses are very important. Yeah, you said to breathe, right? When you forget what you're <laughs> about to say, you just breathe through it and, and remember you're human. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. But I like I like that approach. And, and it's what we're talking about. We have the presenter skills, your internal communication. We have the content skills that we're going to dive into further on. And we have the delivery skills, which are all of the 110 steps and beyond. And just today, understanding the things that we are saying to ourselves, the stories that we are telling ourselves about ourselves to mm-hmm. ourselves, that affect how we feel in a particular moment and how that portrays and is perceived by the audience is a crucial, crucial skill mm-hmm. to own. It's yep. your entire mindset, your mental state. You can call it whatever you want. It's the thing that you do with yourself inside your head. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think one of the most absolutely like 
common examples of this is excitement versus anxiousness. Mm. And what's fascinating about that is that if you have two people and they're going to go on a roller coaster and the person at the front, they're going, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, (laughs) roller coasters, love roller coasters. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah, guilty here as well. (laughs) At least for... All roller coasters, but atmosphere, at least at Liseberg, that's that's just too much for me. But anyhow, <laughs> your pulse is high prior to going on the roller coaster. Your cortisol and adrenaline levels are high prior to going to the roller coaster. But the person behind you, however, they're they're super anxious. They're like, "Oh my god, my heart is beating so fast. I'm I'm sweating. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Why did you have to drag me here?" Mm. They're also high on adrenaline and cortisol and uh, their biochemical reaction is simply identical Mm. Yeah, at that point of time. There is a difference if they go into like fear, fear state because then the amygdala kicks kicks in to a greater extent and there there would be a difference there. Mm. But anxiousness and excitement are near identical. So then they had a look at this, you know, studied this in various ways. Uh, one study came out where they um, they had the participants sing a song. Prior, they were amateurs, both of them. Prior to singing, both groups were amateurs. Okay, um, the first group they asked said to say this to yourself: "I'm excited to sing. I'm excited to sing. I'm excited to sing. I'm excited to sing." That was the instruction they got. The other group got. Nothing. They just carried on with whatever they were doing, which is commonly, oh, I don't want to sing, I don't want to sing, I don't mm. want to sing. You know, you're an amateur singing is mm. mostly mm. horrible for most people if you can't sing. And the um, and the group who said to themselves that they were excited performed way, way, way better than the group who just were left alone and did what they usually do, which is an, a negative affirmation. Mm. That was one of them. Another study that was done from one of the bigger uh, universities in England showed that um, they said to the first group, hey, you're going to go into a jury now and you're going to do a, you're going to do a presentation for the jury. They're going to be quite critical. And um, they said this that to both groups. But to the one group, they said, do, do you, did you know that according to new research, nervousness actually makes you better? We, we hadn't known this before, but nervousness makes us better it, it puts that edge on us you know it makes us sharper so if you feel nervous just that is amazing you know just uh, embrace it and just go with that that was the only instruction they got absolutely flawed the other group they were so mm. much better uh, so again yes excitement and anxiousness are very similar so if I've done this for 20, 25 years. Sometimes I don't get anxious nor excited. Right? So that tells me that I need to I need to amplify my stress response somehow. And I can either do this by simply sitting down in a chair, breathing rapidly, tensing my body and looking around myself as I'm being chased by something. Hmm. Okay? That will kickstart my my anxiousness sensation <laughs> sounds stressful yeah <laughs> and it's supposed to be yeah, yeah. Uh, but then uh, i use that and i suddenly i feel excited because it's the same thing mm. 
So that's one of the versions you can use to create that sensation, to induce cortisol in yourself, to get that tension back in there. Mm. So I enjoy doing that. And um, that's just one of the most classical examples of mindset mm. and internal communication mm. and the impact it has on the other side. It makes you sing better and it makes you perform better in front of a jury when presenting. Mm. Just so many other examples as well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I know we tried before one of the keynotes that you were doing. I was supposed to be the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? I come up before you present. Oh yeah, moderator kind yes, of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, we were playing Nerf. You yeah. like to play Nerf before mm -hmm. going up. It gets, gets you in this excited mode and just like, this is the energy. You yeah. need to try this, Lucas. This yeah. is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we did. And for me, it was a overwhelm of stress response i think i got too much adrenaline in my body my my heart was just pounding and uh, the the experience was horrible yeah. <laughs> so it's not for everyone to do the fast breathing sit and feel like you're being <laughs> no. chased by someone no, no. but it is a, tr a trick a, a technique to use when you feel that you want to induce this emotion uh, if you become indifferent yeah and you need to spark that that start in you, mm. and then it's a great thing. But mm. you probably ha had high levels of adrenaline and cortisol prior to this. <laughs> and, you <laughs> yes. just, and you just did this nerf yeah. game yep. and you just yep. stacked that onto yeah. it. Yeah. I remember that. You, yeah. were, you, were, you, you weren't really with us like, <laughs> no. cognitively. Your brain had left the building. Like, <laughs> what, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> Maybe I was still chased by you and a nerf gun. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Big brown bear. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, but what... Maybe I should have just gone into doing meditation and being more grounded, being more present in the moment, because I was already a high yeah. on, on on endorphin levels or exactly. adrenaline levels. Yes, so, yeah. you should have. Yeah, mm. and yeah, I do that. I do a lot of meditation as well, and it's especially when I'm running from one keynote to another, mm. like boom, five minutes of meditation resets my mind. Because looking at mindset, we can look at from look at it from a couple of perspectives. Perspective number one is your substances. So dopamine, cortisol, endorphins, oxytocin, and so on. So your substances impact how your brain functions. But also brain frequencies impact how your brain functions. So if you can, if you learn how to modulate your, your biochemistry and your brain frequencies, your oscillations, then you are... Um, you're you're in you're in great control over your destiny, at least in this presentation that you're mm. heading into. Mm. It's uh, it's biohacking your own mind before going in. Yes, and I guess it's 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 particularly useful depending on what kind of presentation you're doing. Yeah. So say that you're doing a quarterly financial report. Mm -hmm. Maybe it needs to be boring. <laughs> or, or maybe you want to spark joy. Yeah. Or what is the thing that you want to do? And then making sure that you put yourself in the right mindset to deliver that message in the way that you intended it to be yes. uh, delivered. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. The, when you, as a meditation as a method, is we know it reduces cortisol, it increases dopamine, and it has the... Uh, Potential of releasing something called GABA, which mm. is like, it's, it's, you have glutamate, which is the acceleration in the brain, and you GABA, which is the break of the brain. So you can literally feel how your brain goes, just mm. slows down mm. and makes you much more present 
uh, after you've meditated, five minutes. Mm -hmm. So it impacts your your brain frequencies by the GABA being introduced, i.e. slowing down, bringing you maybe from a from an alpha brainwave to a beta brainwave or a slow alpha wave, something like that. Uh, actually, I just used this last week. I was in London and I did my audiobook recording for the High on Life book, which is mm. coming out on the 1st of February. And my so when you do an audiobook recording, it took me 20 hours. You have this producer in your ears constantly at you for every sentence, every word. Like that was not pronounced correctly. That was not pronounced correctly. This one can be pronounced like this. That that sentence should end on a high, not on a low, and so mm. on. Very meticulous, very specified. And then now and then he said, All right, you are going too fast. You're not in the mode, David. What do you want to mm. do? And I just had this thing where I just meditated for two minutes, closed my eyes, went into a quick meditation, came out of it. Easily, I could do another. 15 20 pages mm. in in and it just it's a mindset shift is crazy because i go from being up there mm. going too fast not being present to being so present yeah slower focused emotionally connected ah, love meditation lucas mm. love it yeah it it really gets you grounded in a way that i, I don't know anything else that does it in the way no not to no, that extent no, not that quickly no, uh, no. Yeah. i'd agree i'd mm. agree mm. Uh, <clears throat> so we're, we're talking about mental states and i know there's um there's a way to look at this you call it the angels and the devil's cocktail mm -hmm. and i think that it's just fair that we dive into it a bit and just explain the different substances that we are talking about that you have in your book yeah so that the uh, the listener can get just a, a perspective of different ways to control your mindset when you're going into your presentation depending on what you want to actually de deliver mm. what your message is so that you can match easier like this is the thing that i'm going to deliver i want to be this way of just being yeah. yeah true yes it's a metaphor the angels and the devil's cocktail and whereas the devil's cocktail means that you are high on adrenaline high on cortisol to the extent that it's not benefiting you mm. it's just a, a negative mindset that is you're not seeing outside of the box, your decisions aren't good, your access to your vocabulary isn't superb. It's it's more or less, it's high levels of nervousness mm. or anxiousness, mm. right? Uh, it's also very common, isn't it? Like you, to, 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 so to speak, yeah. drink the devil's cocktail in the morning is something mm. that most people actually most often do. Absolutely. People tend to consume a lot of devil cocktails before a presentation mm. by the way that they think. They think, ooh, wonder if that question is going to come up. Ooh, wonder if I can finish this in time. Ooh, wonder what, uh, how shall I start this? Uh, what, will they laugh? You know, all of these things uh, create a devil's cocktail in you mm. or the prerequisites for a devil's cocktail. And that is not the best version of you. The best, the better version of you exists in the angel's cocktail. And as I mentioned with the meditation, you can move yourself into an angel's cocktail uh, where we reduce cortisol and we increase dopamine and increase GABA. 
But uh, if we spe specify that even more, we can have a look at dopamine, where dopamine is the, uh, the substance which gives you the, the anticipation of reward. It means that you look forward to things. It means, means that you're pulled towards things, that whatever that thing is, it's magnetizing. You want to go there, you want to be there. That is dopamine. It's when you have bought something and you can't wait for it to come. And you're like, you're jumping around like a little kid <laughs> on Christmas Day. You're like, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. Uh, that, is, that is a beautiful sensation. Imagine feeling that for your next presentation. Mm. Ooh, next presentation, it's going to come, it's going to come. Ah, come away, come away, come away, come away, come away. It's a beautiful feeling. It makes me happier and just want to, well, excited to do it. Oh, yeah. And, and I guess having that feeling, walking into it, yeah. makes it also more just interesting for yourself just to deliver what you're going to deliver. Phenomenal difference. Mm. And the same thing for your audience, uh, your audience as well. Feeling dopamine for them is what's going to come up next? What is this next exciting thing? What is the next thing that he's going to say that feels uh, interesting? Uh, and dopamine can be increased by, if, you, if we look at our own biohacking, so dopamine can be increased by cold exposure, for instance. So you take a dip in the lake out here, Mm. It has the potential of increasing your dopamine by up to 250%. So that's a, it's a huge amount. <laughs> yeah, two, 250 is a yeah. lot. Yeah. And also something that is incredibly interesting is that it can also increase your noradrenaline levels by six times. Mm. And noradrenaline is the uh, more or less focus. So it allows you to be incredibly focused and motivated. And what else would you like? You know, What else would you love uh, when doing that? So... I know that certain complicated keynotes that we've been doing here or trainings that we've been doing here at the JP Manor in Ramnes, Sweden, I've, uh, I've actually just literally gone out and taken a cold exposure, uh, two, three minutes, four minutes, gone up, gone in again, mm. boom, new human being. Mm. Uh, that's, that's a classical way of increasing dopamine. We said meditation. Uh, third one is to, uh, to remind yourself why this is so important to mm. you. Why is this? All of us have subjects. If you're the CFO of a company, I'll, I'll give you an example. For instance, I actually had, I was coaching a CFO of a company and he said, he came to me and it was almost bo boiling, like furious. And he went like, I don't understand why they don't listen to me. Don't they understand how important finances is for a company? It is the core part of the company. It pisses me off, David. If our finances aren't working, functioning, our company will go bankrupt, but people just sit there looking at their mobile phones, yawning, not coming, not attending. What the freak, David? Mm -hmm. And he had such passion for his subject. And I said, you know, that, that passion, it's, whew, you, if you could bottle that and sell it, people would buy that. <laughs> that is just hardcore. Mm -hmm. But the only thing we had to do then was give him the, the external skills. He had the internal communication mm -hmm. downright. Mm -hmm. So we just had to give him skills on spices, structure, and um, how to grab and hold attention. Mm. And when he got that, he became, you know, people literally buying popcorn, bringing it to his, <laughs> his meetings. And he was just one of the best I've ever coached, you know. He turned that into a show at the end. Mm. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just remind yourself of why is this presentation, this subject so important to you mm. and amplify that. And if you... This is scary, Lucas. But if you cannot come up with the reason why this is important to you, don't do it. Mm. Why on earth are you doing a presentation that isn't important to you? Mm. 
hopefully it's important to the audience then, and you can use that as an amplification of your own mm. motivation. Like, this is so important for my audience, but usually they, they're the same thing. Why you think it is important and they think it's important, or at least they're similar. Simon Sinek he talks about this as the, as the why. Mm. I usually say that whys suck because they're pointless. A why has to be connected to an emotion. That's, that's then and only then will a why work. Mm. Yeah, so that can bring out dopamine in you as well. Um, other, let's give one more thing for dopamine as well, but music, any music that makes you feel motivated, you know, the kind of music, we, it's all very personal, mm. but stuff that can make you feel hungry, like, oh, I, I want more of this, I, I, I feel boosted, mm. yeah, dopamine. Mm. And that is the core substance in any angel's cocktail when presenting. Dopamine has to exist there. You have to have a desire to be there. You have to have a desire to deliver this mm. to your audience. So that's number one in our angel's cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, I'd say is oxytocin. Oxytocin is a neuropeptide which potentially can impact your brain in such a way that it makes you feel more presence, more caring, connected to other people. And it's not the only thing in your brain, obviously, that does this, but it, it can impact that. Therefore, you know, like, just ask yourself that, Lucas. How important is it to be present, connected, caring as a speaker? Foundational. Yeah. If, if, if I didn't care about my message and I didn't care about the people that are sitting and supposed to listen to it, then just as with the dopamine and the why and the emotion, it's why would I even be there? Mm. And it's not something that would make me feel happy or go away with an outcome that I feel like, yeah, this, this, I mean, lack of oxytocin is probably the thing that if you don't have it in your presentation, in your organization, whatever it is, if you don't have that connection, yeah. you don't want to be there. Yeah. I guess that's why like, oxytocin is the, the chemical of love. Mm. Without oxytocin, your, your relationship won't work. Yeah. And that goes for, for friends, for family, for, mm. for work, for whatever you have. Yeah. So fundamentally important. I saw this trend on, on social media, TikTok, Instagram, a while ago. It was a rock concert. I don't know who it was, and I don't think there's any point in, in naming that person either, but he held a rock concert, and something went wrong in the audience, and he didn't handle it. He just left it. You know, This person, I think, fainted and perhaps even died. It was pretty harsh, anyhow. But he didn't really care at that point of time. He just went on with his concert. People alerted him to it, he saw it, he didn't do anything about it. And this went just viral. Mm. And he, I don't know if it killed his career or whatever, but it definitely impacted it in a negative way. And then um, just a month after, someone else is doing a, a show and somebody faints. And they go like, all right, clear, stop, everybody stop, everybody stop playing now. You there, move left. You there, move right. You there, pick him up, water, now. Mm. and just cared so much 
you could literally feel how the audience fell in love with the uh, the artist and this just became a trend and so many more posted similar videos of artists helping people in mm. the audience mm. so it's this it's the same thing here if you care you can hear it in the person's voice you can see it in their eyes you can see it in the way that they say things they care that wins that's it wins you so many points to do that but not only that it just makes it more beautiful for you as well to be in a state where you move yourself into caring because mm. that's not obvious when you're on stage when you're on stage you can be high on cortisol and high on dopamine but they're both egoistical substances uh, so you can become high on yourself on stage you know you think this is so great i'm so great mm. But moving out of that is so important. So how do you do that? Well, my the, the best and easiest trick that I've invented is um, <clears throat> you just spend two minutes outside of stage. You look at your phone. I usually look at my daughter and I look at her and I, I've, I've got this photo of her running across the grass and she is holding a balloon. She's, I think, seven and she's the happiest human on earth. Uh, it makes me cry. It just makes me um, tear up. And I look at that and then I go up on stage and bam, I'm a moved person. Mm. So definitely that. Another way to get oxytocin into your presentation is adding oxytocin stories. So storytelling of stories that are of an empathetic character. Mm. Yeah, Where you feel empathy for mm. something in the story. Yeah, that's another way that you can do it. Another one is simply reminding yourself again of the impact that your subject can have on your audience. So yeah, a couple of those things mm, you can use. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it is. I know on my, I, I I have an iPhone, and some when you swipe to whatever side it is, yeah, it can show you. It it makes these photo albums, yeah. Right, and then I I I have three kids as as you do, and I I I. It just has an immediate impact. It, mm. When I see one of those photos that I have not seen for years, yeah. just pops up from when they were small. Yeah. It just time stops, and I just sit and watch that. Yeah, and yeah, I can feel it's like <laughs> almost water running from my brain down in my body and just calming it down. Mm. And it's so powerful to to use it's it, in the moment it's powerful but it's also a technique you actually can use whenever mm. wherever you are yeah. that will just ground you in that moment yeah that's beautiful i'd like to add gratefulness as well mm. like um, i went to the dentist recently and for a long while i always had this fear of my like going to the dentist pain and so on and I thought to myself, I wonder if I can use the same technique uh, while at the dentist. So the only thing I laid there doing was, and on the way there as well, I'm like, I'm so grateful there are dentists. There are, I'm so grateful <laughs> there are dentists. Imagine if there were no dentists in this world. Mm. I imagine you know, going back to the, uh, the guy who was in charge of horses and horseshoes, who were apparently oh! the person who, who pulled out your teeth. Horrible. And I went back to that and I thought to myself, God, I'm so grateful there are dentists. <laughs> and while I was lying there and it was drilling and there was needles and stuff, and I'm like, I am so grateful there are dentists. I'm so grateful there are dentists. And it worked, man. It worked mm. so brilliantly. 
It was such a fantastic thing. And the same thing when doing a presentation. If you can just either just before going up for your presentation or during the presentation, just stop yourself. Just remember where you are. You are standing in front of a crowd. You have given, been given the opportunity to stand there. Mm. They are listening to you. Be grateful. You're on the stage. Be grateful. They're listening. Be grateful. They care. Be grateful. You're in this room. It's got heat. Be grateful. Maybe there's not war outside. Mm. And that has also the potential of increasing your oxytocin levels. Uh, that story about the horse shoes and dentist just <laughs> that hurts. But, but yeah. That it's, is horrible. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, you don't want yeah. that. No, definitely be gr- grateful for the dentist. Yeah. So we have dopamine in the base of our angel's cocktail. Now we have oxytocin, which makes you care. Mm. Uh, I'd say that if you got those two, you're pretty good to go. Yeah. But you can now optionally add more substances into this. So let's have a look at endorphins, for instance. If you want to be funny, if you want to be like a stand-up comedy kind of thing, you benefit from having high levels of endorphins. And endorphins are produced by laughing. Mm. or smiling, genuine smiles, like the Duchesne smile. So if you know that you want to be more funny, you can either watch stand-up comedy for 20 minutes and laugh. It's very important that you laugh with your abdominal muscles because that is where endorphins will be mostly elevated from. Optionally, you can just walk into a bathroom, close it, see to it that it's soundproof, and just laugh hysterically at something or nothing rather for 30 seconds just intense abdominal laughing Mm. this can actually be done in silent as well Uh, you just do that for 30 seconds you are a changed human being you went in there and you come out and if someone saw you do that for one minute and they go like the entire change in your posture in your face in your behavior it is mind-blowingly different Mm. So that's a different, that's another mental state change that you can make. Mm. Another one, which also optional, is testosterone, where you can, well, testosterone is connected to uh, your confidence. So if you want to be very confident on stage, not your natural confident, but more confident than your natural self, mm. you can boost your testosterone levels which can be done by things like anything that creates confidence in you. What is that? Move around like you own the world. Usually I walk backwards and forwards uh, behind the curtain of the stage and I go around and I do this movement with my hands. I go like, come on, come on, yes, come on, come on, get me, get me, come on, get me. I'm going to do this. Come on, come on, this is my world. Mm. And I just do that in my mental state. I say these things to myself and I walk around with my hands like that. I listen to music that makes me usually drive my car too fast. You know, the kind of music that makes mm. you just stronger <laughs> and more, and more, more, more fearful. Yeah, I listen to that. I walk around and I use my gaze and I look at things like I want to evaporate them with my, <laughs> my, with my eyes. And I have this breathing pattern that goes like this. And I do that little growl as well. And I walk around and if I need to, I take both my hands and I... I I smash them towards my chest like a gorilla, mm-hmm. and then I'm done. Damn, I'm flying. My confidence have now rocketed through the sky. I have done the mistake of doing this, though, where I've gone in on stage with too much confidence, too much testosterone. Like, 
literally looking like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to show you this. You sit down. You listen to this. We are going. You have no saying. Zabam! And I've scared audiences yep. uh, a couple of times yep. doing that. My, my, my Maria, who works in the program as well, has uh, literally told me, you know, like, okay, you got to tone it down, David. Tone it down. Mm. That's not going to be matching. Mm. Yeah, uh, but this actually works. I, I mean, I know it works. I've tried it. Yeah. And we, it just a couple of weeks ago, we did a live webinar, and then me and Maria were going to do the the follow up Q and A. Yeah. So you went out from the room, and then me and Maria were supposed to come in, answer questions from the audience. And sometimes I'm I'm not alone in the world of doubting myself, and I I just felt like damn it, <laughs> I know the answers to all these questions. Just stop having this, these thoughts and feelings that are just stopping you from doing what you're supposed to do now. Yeah. So I just paced out in the room and <laughs> did a couple of bangs. And yeah. when I went in, from that point, moving in through the door, coming into the studio, it was completely different. And I didn't think about the self-doubt anymore. I was just focused on what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it worked so well yeah. in that sense. I wasn't overly just pushing, as you said, but, but it just was the right amount. And mm. it's such a neat, small thing to do. Yeah. To just boost confidence in that sense. So many. It's, it's so powerful. And it takes mm. you literally one minute. Yeah. Um, another optional substance is uh, serotonin, which has been seen to be connected with social status. Mm. So if you find yourself to be doubting yourself, and uh, testosterone can very well help you do that and feel less doubt, but uh, serotonin can also be boosted by, for instance, well, the effects of serotonin can be boosted by you going back to situations where you have um, a high social status. So you could go through through like comments that you've had from previous talks or what people have said to you from pre previous presentations. Just remind yourself of the social status you had then, how people looked up mm. to you then, mm. right? Um, another option is to is to go out and talk to people in the audience who you know like you or look up to you or mm. boosts you mm. like i have all my f not, not all my friends but all my best friends i have categorized according to each substance <laughs> so if i want a serotonin boost i will call marcus because you know when he picks up the phone the first thing he says how is the king how is god doing today how is the brilliant brilliant david jp phillips today and that is just the beginning of the call 10 mm. minutes later I am high on serotonin. My social status have just been so much boosted, man. Mm. Uh, and a thing I want to say about that as well, which is key and critical, and that is when you leave the stage, when it comes to self-belief and serotonin. And that is to, um, to get out of your head that if you did a mistake, do not repeat it. Don't go like, oh, I should have done that, I should have done that, I missed that, I missed that, I should have done that. Oh, God, when I said that, oh, that word, I oh, I stumbled there. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, that is just making your next presentation worse. Mm -hmm. You're getting nothing from that. I did that for, I think, close to 12, 13 years, I think. And I was heading back from a keynote. I was in Malmö in Sweden, and Michael was with me in the car. And he asked me, how did it feel, you know, the keynote? I'm like, I don't know. That was shit, you know. That was a four. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
yeah, but you got a standing ovation. I'm like, yeah, but did you see the standing ovation? It was one of those where one stood up, another stood up, and it wasn't like a spontaneous or everybody <laughs> standing ovation. <laughs> and he went like, damn, you are self-critical, man. Mm. That is not serving you well. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I know, I know, you know. Mm. And then he said, all right, I'm going to give you one key, one mantra. Uh, it helped me remove self-doubt. Okay, what what is it? And he goes, he says this sentence where he goes, I did as good as I could under the circumstances I gave myself. Or optionally, I did as good as I could under the circumstances I was given. Followed by, I will learn this from this session and I will do differently in the future. That's all. So mm. my entire sentence would be then, I did as good as I could under the circumstances that were given me. I will learn this thing that I did, didn't did do right this time until next time. Mm. And uh, I heard it when he said it and I thought to myself, oh, okay, all right, I'll try it then. And I tried it. And the beautiful thing with the brain is that whatever you repeat enough times, it becomes your reality, mm. which is, you know, there's racists out there. Whatever you repeat enough time, you can make a person racist. You can make a person into anything and do anything and behave in any way if you repeat something enough times. It's scary. Mm. But it's also the opportunity of changing your own mindset and your own behavior. So I just kept on saying that to myself after every presentation I did. I did as good as I could under the circumstances I gave myself. Um, I'll learn this and I'll take this with me until next time. And then I just dropped it. Give it six months of just doing that every single time. And I was free. Mm. And it's been gone ever since. And I learn from the mistakes, but then I move on. And this have I've then been able to apply this in my life to a greater extent as well. Sometimes, yeah, I still get stuck. Maybe I repeat bad patterns for like 20, 30 minutes, but then it's gone. Last, before, I could go on for like weeks or mm. months, you know, mm. if, uh, if something went wrong. So when you leave the stage, say that to yourself and nothing else. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the, an introduction to the Angel's Cocktail, which is what the book High on Life is about. Yeah. Uh, which is coming out on the 1st of February in, in England and then out in a total of 31 countries now during mm. 2024. Yeah, it's been going really well with the book. It's crazy, it's, man. It's uh, crazy. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to February and yep. the release. Yep. Going to, um, um, it's going to be very interesting. Me too. Very exciting. Indeed. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast show. Yes, and I'll raise a glass and I'll say cheers to all of those out there. Ingest more Angels cocktails. That's it. Thanks. Thank cheers. you. Bye. Bye.